Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. Family, I would like you to turn with me in your Bibles to two verses that will be the foundation for our time together today. The first one comes from the Gospel of Matthew, and I'm going to be reading verse number 22. I'm sorry, chapter number 22, and I'm going to start at verse number 34. Matthew chapter 22, I'm going to begin at verse number 34 and go through 40. And then I'm also going to turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. First reading, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, beginning at verse 34. If you have it, say, I have it. The context for this portion of Scripture is that Jesus is again been confronted by the religious leaders of his day. And they are questioning his authority. They are questioning his teaching and his relationship with God. And so there's these two groups, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and Jesus is responding to their attacks. Verse 34, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. Pharisees are kind of like Sunday school teachers on steroids. They got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets Hang on these two commandments. Turn with me also again to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul is talking to believers in Rome, a church that is full of divisions and and confusion, and he is giving them words of encouragement on what it means to be a true believer a true follower of Christ. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let me pray for us quickly. Father, as we come to your word, God, make our hearts and our minds like sponges that we may absorb the fullness and the richness of your word. Speak into our hearts and allow us to focus on you, to hear from you, to encounter you, and Father, to be transformed by you. Hear the prayers of your children this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to connect a couple of dots as I begin this message. We have ended our, our uh, month or so long series on justice. And I, I want us to not lose the thread of what we're doing here. Uh, the series is over, but we continue to ruminate on that. And we're going to continue as a family to figure out what it means to be a community of justice. And so I've already heard conversations about people uh, taking some action on their own initiative about what God has put on their hearts. I, I know there are people who are starting to say, how can we as a, as a body, as a community of faith, come around our joint concern around these certain issues and, and begin to figure out how we can be uh, um, agents of change. And so as a church family, we're going to continue to try to fuel engagement that we can indeed be seen as a community that values justice. And so what I want to pause us and get caution us about doing is, is shifting gears, that the justice series is over and now we're on to something else. No, it's all interwoven in what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so in this scripture from, from Matthew Jesus is trying to help people who are seeking him understand what it means to follow Christ and worship him truly. And I want us to hear the elements that God calls out as we are trying to be diligent followers. And let me, let me, uh, let me share this with you um, this is always the case, but I, I particularly want you to hear this today as I'm speaking. This is not a sermon that's about facts and figures and information and, and remembering cool things about the Bible. We, we are trying to stay in the same space where worship had us, that God is glorious. God is worthy of praise. And in this moment today, God wants you here that he may have a heart connection with you, maybe like you've never had before. So don't, don't leave the worship space and go into academic mode. This is not an intellectual exercise. God is saying, if you are going to be with me, be intimate with me, worship me, then I need you to focus on loving me with all of you. All of you. He wants every fiber in our being to be focused on worshiping him. And it says, 
He says, you have to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. Another translation, a parallel translation as, and all of your strength, all that you can muster in your finite being, devoted to God first. And it says earlier in the Bible, way back in the Old Testament, that God is a jealous God. He refuses to have second place in the hearts and minds of those who call themselves followers of God. He demands that we give the best of all that we have to him. And it says all the law, all the prophets, all that you're trying to read and study and learn, it boils down to loving God and loving other people. And you will be fulfilling the commandment of God to be his child. And I struggle with that. That's hard to do. I get distracted a lot. I lose focus a lot. I keep putting my kingdom ahead of God's kingdom in my life. And so the idea with this new series is that we want to talk about uh, challenging issues, hard questions, delicate areas of our lives. And so... I want to do two things. I've gotten a few responses to my request. And so I want to continue to encourage me to email me and text me and leave messages about the things that are bubbling up in your life, just issues that you say, why doesn't the church talk about this? And, and I'm going to try to get through as many of those as I can over the next couple of months. But here's what struck me this week. I was planning on starting that series today. And as I've been looking and reading and studying and asking God, what do you want me to say? Particularly for the last two, three days, God kept saying this, draw closer to me. Before you start talking about whatever issue it is that you think you need to talk about, draw closer to me. And it struck me. That before we get into issues about sex and politics and whatever relational stuff and and our ideas of success and setting priorities, we can't have any of those conversations in a way that honors God unless our hearts are interconnected with God. That has to be the starting point or else everything else I'm doing is just my own opinion or somebody else's opinion that I've received and taken a hold of. We have to ground our understanding about how to navigate through all of these hot topic issues with a clear grounding and foundation in who is my identity as a follower of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And he says, if you're going to do that, you got to love me with all of your being. And that's the greatest way that we can navigate through these challenging times that we live in. So that's what the great commandment is trying to call us to. And it talks about our heart, our mind, our soul, and all of our strength. We we, we dedicate ourselves because it's not always going to be easy. It's challenging to follow God. It's challenging to kill our flesh. I was 
talking to one of our members and, 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 and what, what do these different areas mean? What does it mean to have a heart that all of my heart loves God and all of my mind is loving God? What does that even look like? And, and so that's how I got to Romans 12. Because Paul is having that exact same conversation with the believers in Rome, this church in Rome. They, they've got all kinds of pagan ideologies, all kinds of other gods, all kinds of affluence that's affecting how they set priorities, all kinds of uh, conflicts, even within the church. Half of them didn't like each other, even in the church. They got all these issues and are trying to figure out what does it mean to follow God in the midst of these confusing times? And he says, I'm urging you, brothers and sisters, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices. That means we don't have to kill animals anymore. We don't have to wait till the one official day of atonement to say, God, I'm sorry for the last 10364 days. Let's start over. That every day he's offering me the opportunity that just today I'm going to be a living sacrifice. That my life will be focused on giving God the best of my heart, mind, body, and spirit. Just today, I'm going to pull it off just today to the best of my ability. And that's what true worship looks like. And I wonder, how often do we do that? Because it's a daily A daily commitment. All I got to do is be close to God today. I don't have to worry about the mistakes I made yesterday. I don't have to plan for how close I'm going to be to him tomorrow. All he wants me to do is live today as intimately connected to him as I possibly can. And what stands in the way of that? For me, for me, Romans 12, 2 has been the most important verse in the Bible in my life. This is where God punched me in the nose and told me, are you going to play church or are you going to become a follower of Christ? This is the scripture where God asked me, are you giving me all of your heart, all of your mind? Do I have the best of you? And, he, and, and what did he say? It's very clear. And I hope you wrestle with this. I've read this scripture for 20 years, and every time I read it, God hits me. Do not conform your life to the patterns of the world anymore. I got some patterns that came from the world. Anybody else picked up some patterns along the way? Just me, huh? I've picked up some ways of thinking, some ways of acting, some ways of talking. I've picked up things that didn't come from God. They came from the culture that is trying to influence me. And the problem is I don't protect the gates well enough. Just like a city, right? We have a city that's, that has walls around it, even Jerusalem, and the way you got into the city was through the gates. And the Bible says, protect your gates, protect your ear gates, protect your eye gates, which means I got to be mindful of what's coming in through the gates because they are influencing what's happening inside the walls. So if I don't have any filters up, for what comes into my spirit, comes into my heart, comes into my mind, then how can I help but become a product of all that the external world is pouring in? And the Bible makes it very clear that world is an enemy of God. 
And so if I start acting just like the world, if I am conformed to the patterns, I am habitually responding like the world, then I am standing against the will of God. And I do it every single day. The question is, do we struggle with it? That's the first part. Because you can be conforming and struggling, or you can be conforming and not having a problem with it. And so I want to I want to give you a word of encouragement. If this is an area of angst where you feel like, you know, man, I, I fell short. Oh, I, I didn't quite. Do, I, I felt the spirit convicted me and I and I didn't quite get it right. But you're wrestling with it. Congratulations. You're at least on the dance floor. We're supposed to be feeling the angst. Uh, again, I was talking to one of our our members who's a doctor, and I was thinking about Sigmund Freud, right? You've got these, these two parts where you've got the Holy Spirit that's telling us the good things that are supposed to be coming into our lives because of God. And we've got my flesh, which just wants to act stank most of the time. Just foul, just rude and arrogant. And just, it's bad, and, and I've got these two things, and the point of conflict is my mind. Which one am I going to give sway to when the two uh, thoughts, the two patterns of being come into confrontation? That result comes out of my mind. And God is saying, get a brand new mind. Allow me to renew your mind and transform who you are that you may become more like the spirit that I have placed in you. And then you will glorify me and then you can worship me and then you will live your life the way I have designed it to be lived. The problem is I hear it and I choose the other guy. Just me, huh? I choose the other one. I choose my flesh and I rationalize it and I justify it and I say, well, everybody else is doing it. It's good enough for them. They don't seem to be getting hurt by it. And, 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 and for the times that, that, I, that I try to make a stand, the times that I try not to just go along with it, the times I hear the conviction. And I say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you. Then I got to deal with getting talked about. Oh, you just old-fashioned. That's old school. You out of touch. You got to get hit. You got to get with the times. And I want to tell you, every time somebody tells you that you're not with the times, every time somebody tells you, you you're too old, you're out of touch, you should say thank you. Thank you. That's a pat on the back from a world that hates God. That gives me some kind of semblance that I'm conforming to patterns that are against the world. That gives me some semblance that maybe I'm not just so bought into the system that there's still some light of God that's shining through me. Congratulate yourself when somebody tells you you're not in step with the world. Don't conform. I'm I'm not here to conform with the world. And that means I got to protect myself from the barrage That comes from the world. And I want to encourage us that it happens in really little steps. It's not the big things. It happens in these little small compromises that we make every day. And 
And the devil doesn't care how big your compromise is as long as you're in the habit of making them. He'll take a small compromise any day of the week because he knows if he can get you in the habit of compromising, he can get to the big stuff later. And so God is saying, you got to get out of the patterns that are against the kingdom and, and, and get a new mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is with the new mind. But here's the point, and this is what I want to connect back to the, to the great commandment, that our mind is where we make that choice. Our mind is where we realize that these two conflicting worlds are, are causing us to choose. But the way I know, do I go towards God or towards the world, is not on my mind, that's in my heart. That's why he says we got to love him with all of our heart and all of our mind. Because I'm grown. I do what I want to do. You know you said it. I'm grown. I do what I want to do. We do that. And so the question that God is calling us to ask is, well, what is it that you really want? What is your heart desiring? Because we're going to do it. We're going to live that out. And so he says, I can't really get to the renewing of your mind until you have given me all of your heart. That is the basis for which you're going to make decisions out of. And so I, I want us to pause here and think about all those issues that are hot topics in our lives. All of those issues about right and wrong, all of those issues about, um, you know, sex and, and politics and, and how we think we should be responding or, or relationship stuff that I'm struggling with. As I'm trying to sort my way through it, what I have to stop and look in the mirror and ask myself is, is my heart focused on the kingdom first? That's the, that's, that's everything else works itself out from that starting point. And if I look at myself and I'm saying what I'm trying to really do is make sure that I'm as comfortable and as satisfied as I can possibly be in this circumstance, I can tell you what pattern you're going to end up following. And that's, that's not me scolding. That's not me trying to convince you. That's you and Jesus should be having a conversation right now about whatever issue it is that's bubbling up. That's between you and God because the spirit is in you saying, here is how I would have my children respond. And you don't have to tell anybody else about it. But God knows our hearts. Don't we say that? I did it, but God knows my heart. Yes, God does know your heart. He really, that's a true statement. He knows your heart. And he says, give it to me. Because if our hearts are with God, then we will be able to desire God. Then my mind will choose God. And then I'll be able to perfectly understand what his good and perfect will for my life is. And I will enter into it and he will navigate through me, nav navigate me through all of these hard choices in my life. From how I use my body to what words come out of my mouth to what, what, what lines I draw and refuse to compromise that I may be a witness to the most high God. And again, I, I, I want to say it's the small things. I, I, I think we got to start with small victories and work our way up as God grows us. What do I mean by that? It's little stuff. You ever been in line at the register and got too much change back? You gave him $5, he gave you 6 back. 
and you're up about $1.50 right now. And you could use that $1.50 times hard. And what do I do in that moment when I can get away clean, when nobody would know? When I'm trying to make it in these challenging times, in this expensive area, in this competitive job market, And if I can just trim a little fat off my convictions and morals, I can get that big promotion. Yeah, I knew that was going to be quiet. It's the little compromises that the enemy throws in front of us all the time. Just giving us, yeah, God won't care about that. Did he really say that? Are you sure he really has that for you? Here's a shortcut. And the issue is we don't really trust God. We don't really believe that the plans he has for us are better than the plans that we got in mind. We're not really sure if he's really going to pull it out in the end, so I better take care of me and mine. I'm not really sure when I looked at there's more month than dollars for the month if this is going to work out. So maybe I need to make some adjustments on how I'm going to get through it. We don't really trust that when he says, I have you in the palm of my hand, he means it. That when he's a provider and a protector, it's when times are good and when times are hard. We don't really believe that this God's will for us is better than the will that we want for ourselves. And so our hearts begin to cheat away from God. I don't seek first the things of the kingdom. The kingdom comes in about third, tied for third most of the time. (laughs) It's a close call, but it's third place on the video. And I wonder why God isn't responding me to me when I have placed myself outside of the location. I, I think we block ourselves from so many of the blessings of God. I, I, think, I think we got we got walls built up because God is trying to move us into a location. What location? The place where we can test and see and approve of, agree with. God, your plan was better than mine. God, your, your call for me was better than my call for myself. God, your destiny for me was better than the one I was trying to work out. Even if it wasn't as comfortable as I thought it was going to be. And I can guarantee you, whatever God's plan for your life is, it has some suffering in it. I promise. I don't know what he got for you, but it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. We got to sacrifice. But Jesus shows in that sacrifice is abundant blessing. In that sacrifice is intimacy and connection and abundance. And if our hearts will just desire it, God will change our minds and transform us into something completely different. And this is my favorite word in the whole Bible, transformed. It's not upgraded. It's not new and improved. 
It's not polished. Transformation means you are something completely different than you were before the transaction happened. The the closest thing we can get is, is the butterfly metaphor. That you was, we were calling around, kind of furry and nasty looking. And God wraps us in this spiritual cocoon. By the way, you know what happens when you're in a cocoon? The world can't get to you. (laughs) That's another sermon. He makes sure all the gates are closed in the cocoon so he has time to do something brand new. It's an impenetrable force that the world can no longer pour into. And in that space, he transforms that caterpillar into something that has new potential, new horizons, new possibilities. But we don't go into the cocoon that often willingly. You know, sometimes you can find a cocoon in a hospital bed. When God kind of shut off some of the stuff that we're used to getting access to. Sometimes the cocoon looks like bankruptcy. All the things we try to avoid, I think those are cocoons. Windows of transformation. And I'm not saying that it has to be some horrible traumatic event in order for you to be transformed. I'm saying that when sometimes God allows us to get into those spaces, mostly because of our own choices. But when we get into those spaces, all of a sudden we get, oh, God, did you say something? Was that you, God? Oh, you want to talk to me? Well, since I can't move out of this hospital, God, I'm willing to listen now. Since I've used up all my financial resources and nobody will give me more money, God, I, I depend on you, Lord. You are my provider. And all of a sudden, we have different conversations because he got our attention. And he's saying, I, I would have chosen a what, different way for you to get here, but now that I got you, I'm going to use this opportunity. I'm going to use this moment. And I'm going to give you a new mind, a new way of seeing the world, a new way of being, a new way of living. And it's going to elevate you beyond whatever you thought was good for your life. And I pray that we desire it. Again, I want to go back. I want to go back to this place of worship. You know what God wants more than anything for you today? He wants your heart to be connected with him more than anything else. More than he wants your songs, more than he wants your your money, more than he wants anything else that we think God wants. He says, would you give me your heart today? Would you trust me with the things that you hold most dear? Would you trust me with all that you think is necessary for you to hold on tight to? Would you, would you loosen it and place it in my hands that I may do something amazing with your life? And nobody can have that conversation with God for you. Big mama can't pray you into a relationship with Jesus. It's so personal, it's so intimate, and God values you so much that he waits for each of us to say, yes. Yes, God, it's you. 
you are wonderful. You are glorious. You are my heart's desire. And that's my prayer for us today. I'd like you to just take a moment right where you are right now. And, and just, just begin to try to have the most transparent conversation with yourself that maybe you've ever had before. What is your heart's desire? Because our mind will lead us right there. Our decisions will leave a cookie crumb of trails for where our heart wants to go. Our actions and our compromises will reveal to us how much of God we have really surrendered to. Can I prod you a little bit more? The gates that you leave open tell you where your heart desire is. the things you let through the gates. I gave, I gave the first service a homework assignment that I want to give to you. Declare a moment of worship for God this week. Declare it. Decide. I'm going to take a moment that usually isn't a worship moment and I'm going to transform it into a moment of worship. And, and I want to encourage us to find those moments where the world is trying to give us a conflicting message and we shut that off and we say, I'm going to make this into a moment of praise. What am I talking about? And I, again, I'm going, to get a little, I'm going to get a little personal here. We got TV shows that we watch religiously. We, we, we got websites or we got social media things that we, we are religiously worshiping at on a regular basis. I might not be at church for two months, but you can check my Facebook post to know where I've been every day in my life. I got three months of Netflix stored up to make sure I didn't miss my TV show. I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping. My heart is desiring certain things and I'm grown. I do what I want to do. And if I look in the mirror and say, where is my time? Where is my money? Where is my priorities? That's where our heart is living. And would we look in the mirror and say, God, I say you're in first place, but you're tied for third. And I'm ready to change it. I'm ready to put you back on the throne of my life where you and you alone deserve to be. And all these other things will work themselves out once I have God in first place. So I want you to take one of those moments this week. Maybe it's your TV show. Maybe it's your 
social media time. Those interactions that you know you are receiving things that your own spirit tells you, this isn't really words of message of encouragement from God. And instead of engaging in that habitual activity, and I don't want us to miss that connection, we got habits that are not stemming from the kingdom. I want you to say, I'm going to take this habitual moment and I'm going to turn it into an intentional time of worship of my God who I'm putting first place in my life. And can I tell you to get prepared for it? Can I tell you today, go get two or three worship songs, two or three scriptures, two or three things that that help you get into that space where God is speaking to you one-on-one and know that when this moment comes, I'm cutting that off and I'm inserting God and worship right into that space. And, and, And call me, text me, email me. I guarantee you God will respond when we do that. But we gotta be intentional about making him our heart's desire. And can I tell you one other thing? I guarantee you a distraction is coming right behind your conviction. I guarantee it. For the last two or three days, particularly, just talk about last night. Last night, again, I'm, I'm working on this sermon. And I'm trying to say, God, what do you want me to say? And he's saying, just be with me. And I said, God, but I'm supposed to talk. Just be with me. And so I went outside I got away from the crowd, house full of people. I got away from the crowd. I went out to my little secret spot and I sat outside and it was a beautiful night last night. There was a bunch of stars out and the moon is out. I just, I, I just want to sit and just, just remind myself how big my God is. I, I just want to be with him and just, just shut out all the stuff that's constantly in my head. I said, God, I just want to spend some time with you. I went outside and I sat down and I, I put on a couple of worship songs. And I got interrupted about 15 times last night. I think everybody in that house came out to talk to me last night. People don't even like me came and sat down <laughs> to talk to me last night. I hate this a trip. I'm just trying to talk to Jesus and everybody. How'd they find me out here? But I say, you know what? I'm going to wait you out. You're going to leave sooner or later, and I'm going to talk to Jesus before this night's over. And I just waited. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and after a little while, the last one finally went away, and I had a few moments to just sit and be with God and thank him that he loved me enough to put me in that cocoon and transform my life into something way different than I ever thought it would be. And that while I know my thoughts aren't his thoughts, And my ways aren't yet his ways. My heart's desire is that one day they will be. That today I may be one step closer to Jesus than I was yesterday. That he has my heart. And that my mind is guided by him. 
and that I trust he will do something with my life that I can never do on my own. To me, that's peace. To me, that's joy. To me, that's success. And to me, that's what glorifying and honoring God looks like. And it starts one day, one decision, one action at a time. And I pray that more than anything else, we give God access to our hearts today. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.